Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Grow Your Path to Wellness. If you are just tuning in for the first time, my co-host Kelsey and I host a new wellness guest every week to talk all things holistic health. Uh, we typically release episodes on Sundays, so be sure to subscribe or turn your notifications on so you get uh, notification of those latest episodes. Last week, if you didn't have a chance to go back and listen, make sure you do. We talked to Dr. Susan uh, Abadian about uh, are you a carrier of the trauma virus? And that was a really good discussion on generational trauma and how to heal. This week, you know how much we love TikTok, and so we have another TikTok creator and wellness professional, uh, Dr. Caitlin. She is going to be talking to us about self-love and body positivity. Welcome, Caitlin. Thank you so much for being here. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Um, I'm really excited. So, like Amanda said, um, my name is Dr. Caitlin Baker. I have a PsyD. Um, I specialize in health psychology, eating disorders, uh, self-esteem, things like that, chronic illness, all that good stuff. Although I don't really talk about that stuff as much as I do my self-love and body positivity. So that's what I'm here to talk about today, especially with it being Valentine's Day tomorrow. Uh, Great timing to talk about some self-love. I am so glad you brought up that you work with chronic illness because that's something we share in common. I work with a lot with chronic pain, chronic health conditions. So it's all intertwined, right? Like you can't, even when we do niche, there's so many aspects to a human being. It's really difficult to just pick one, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And then my niche that you see on TikTok is very, very just like, a small portion of what I actually do in my clinical practice because that's just what my brand kind of became. So I think that that usually surprises people when I'm like, I also specialize in dissociative identity disorder and I'm one of the only people in the country that do so, but I just don't advertise it as much. So, Yeah. I think that's such an important note too is, and it it obviously relates to self-love and body positivity in so many ways. Is that what you see? on the internet is not reality. It's like the tiniest grain of salt (laughs) of that reality. So um, can you tell us why this topic is so important to you or why you've kind of niched into it? Um, Yeah, so I, when I first started on TikTok, I actually was scrolling and I saw a video of a larger uh, bodied girl who was crying and was devastated about um being bullied on like the app from a former video that she had done. I don't know this girl. I I don't recall who it was even at this point, but um I just remember thinking like, oh hell no, like not not while I'm around. Um and I just started posting and then it turned into like that this is something that people really need. They need Um, I think a a symbol, like the symbolism of just who I am as being in a larger body and being highly educated and and what I do, I think in and of itself is um, part of my success, quote unquote success. Um, But I I think that self-love is something that is becoming more popular as people are unlearning the things that they've been taught their whole lives regarding how we're not supposed to be prideful or uh, to love ourselves or supposed to care about others and and that kind of thing. We're not really taught uh, from a young age 
self-love or how, how, how to do that, how that works. So I think it's a really needed thing. Um, and it's something that I'm really passionate about, especially with, uh, women in particular in, in larger bodies, just because it, we don't, especially that population is not taught that we are allowed to like ourselves or love ourselves. Yeah, I appreciate that so much. I think often too, we get stuck in this, um, like black and white thinking too, of either you are there for other people or you're selfish and you only care about yourself, right? Like there is a gray area and we can do both. So maybe that's something you can speak to is how, how, how can we give that love to ourselves while also when it's healthy and appropriate and something we want to be doing, caring for others. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a balance. It's trying to find that balance of um, knowing what your boundaries are and when to say no to other people and checking in with yourself often. How many spoons do you have to give, including spoons that you have to give to yourself? I think that that's something that's not often talk, talked about. It's more talked about in the phrase of, I don't have any spoons left to help you. And it's like, do I have spoons left to help me? Do I have spoons left to do some self-care tonight? Do I have spoons left to go to bed on at a decent time and, and all of that? So, um, yeah, I'm kind of blinking because I also have attention problems. So let me think, like, what did you ask me? No, I, that's so, no, I, I appreciate that. It's so fair what you just said. It's all about being mindfully aware, right? Which, and then we know mindfulness is so beneficial for our attention and distractibility too. Um, And just knowing yourself and your body. And you mentioned spoons, which to you and I is like a second nature language at this point. But for those that aren't, don't know what you're talking about when you say, do I have enough spoons left? Can you describe that? Yeah. So it's talking about spoon theory, um, which there's a whole history behind it. But the basic premise is that every day you have so many spoons and some people it takes them less spoons to do things like for example someone uh it could take them three spoons to get up and brush their teeth but for someone else that might only take one so it's about how much kind of energy and how much left you have to give through the visualization of these allotted spoons per day it's just a nice visual that helps you kind of check in with yourself and realize how much you have left to give in the day yeah yeah, and, and the visual representation of an actual spoon is so helpful to have that tangible object, right? Because yeah. we know with chronic and invisible illness, and I know that's not the topic today, but with any kind of invisible no, for illness, sure. it's very hard to see. Yeah, and it takes more, like, and that's the other thing, too, is just realizing that sometimes thinking of spoon theory when you're asking someone else for a favor and recognizing, like, maybe they don't have enough spoons, or maybe this might take them more spoons than it would take me in trying to be understanding of of that, which in chronic illness, and sometimes it takes a lot more spoons to do what other people would deem as kind of basic things. Yeah. So it's really integral in chronic illness. It's one that I use with my patients all the time. Yeah. You mentioned in the beginning the um, the bullying video and how difficult and challenging that is, um, especially for women in larger bodies. What what um, what else can you speak to on that as far as like the women that you might work with or that you engage with on social media? How do you help them work through that? What are recommendations for them? I don't think I've ever worked with a single 
woman who in a larger body who has not experienced some sort of bullying or harassment or just general pain from the public and they're voicing their opinions. Uh, I think the worst bully though to larger women is our own brain because of all this, that the societal and the subliminal messages that we're constantly getting from everyone and everywhere about being not good enough for anything. And then what that does to our internal voice, uh, which is not great, but, um, what would I do? What was, there was like five questions in there, girl. You got <laughs> what? Yeah. So, no, what recommendations do you have for those individuals that are receiving that kind of language from other folks, um, the uh, bullying or hate messages, obviously, you know, seeking counseling, but when you're, when your self love and self-esteem might already be so diminished. Yeah. I think it's important to always remind yourself of the qualities that you like about yourself. That's one of the things I work with on clients. One of the very first uh, assignments that I'll get is let's write a list of things that you like about yourself. And we're going to put it somewhere where you feel the worst about yourself, whether that's in the kitchen, when you're getting food, if that's triggering to you, if it's in the bathroom, when you're seeing your body. Um, so I think that's really helpful and helps combat some of that negativity. It also takes, I think, knowing yourself to know that the thoughts of all of these other people or the words of these other people aren't true. Um, and I say that because I think so often we are just generalized, right? Like fat people just sit around eating all day and the words that are said about that are kind of blanket statements. Um, but each of our situations are so different. People have weight gain for so many different reasons, medication, genetics, um, eating disorders. Um, I can go on like PCOS Stress. and things like that. Stress, <laughs> hormonal problems, thyroid issues. Mm -hmm. um, I can go on and on. So not all of us have that same kind of scenario, but I think that it damages our relationship with food in general because there's always a fear of when we're in public and we're, we're in larger bodies if there's people looking at us or and making that stereotype or um, just anywhere you go, there's, there's a fear that someone's going to say something to you, like you're inconveniencing someone, you're taking up too much space, you're um, just your very presence is unwelcome in a lot of spaces. So um, to circle back, I think it's really about knowing yourself, knowing your story and using that to help combat some of these thoughts because you know you better than anyone who's going to be saying any of these comments. So the better that you know you, the more self-love and compassion you have for your story and your experience, the better that you can work against all of these terrible people saying terrible things. I love that you said you know yourself better than anyone else because that's something that my mom has always, my mom has worked in the medical field like her whole life and she's always drilled that into me like you know your body better than anyone else I don't care if they're a doctor or a specialist like <laughs> I don't care you know you more than anyone else if you feel like something's wrong or right or whatever it is you you know so yes that that knowing that intuition um I love the lists in I obviously like that it feels natural to me to recommend to somebody for, you know, self-esteem improvement, self-worth, that kind of thing. But to put it in the place where you're most challenged is so brilliant. I love that. Definitely stealing that. Yeah. And I can also imagine that that could be very challenging as, you know, I've had client, you know, I asked what are your strengths in, in an assessment I, and I see how difficult that can be for somebody. 
Um, do you find that as an issue with people? Like it's kind of challenging to come up with some things that they love about themselves. They'll come in and they'll be like, um, so I sat with this for two hours and I only have three things. And I'm like, amazing, you have three things. Um, but yes, it is very challenging. And that's also part of the exercises. We start off with that list and then every couple of weeks I'll check in and say, is there anything we can add to that list? After we've been working together for a while and they start seeing and appreciating more of themselves, they're able to add more to that list. So I, I treat it as an ongoing thing. Like these things are the things that you're aware of right now about yourself that you like. What other things can we work on becoming more aware of, but also being very proud that they come to the table with anything? Because, yes, that is definitely a challenge sometimes. I know when someone asks me, I'm like, uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> so um, meeting them where they're at in terms of, of that is really important, too, because you don't want to push like you should love yourself when someone so very deeply hates themselves they're not going to be responsive to that. So it's really important to meet people where they're at always, no matter what setting in this field you are. Number one tip ever is meet people where they're at. St stages of change, stages of change, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I love that you said that because the, um, you know, like meeting people where they're at because you don't know if they're in a place of hating themselves. And I saw something the other day that was like, you don't, I'm, and I'm butchering, but the idea was basically you don't have to be in a place of loving yourself or knowing your self-worth or something like that um, in order to, like, start the journey toward that, which I just thought was so beautiful, right? Like, you don't have to feel that way about yourself now in order to go to therapy or get a coach or whatever that looks like to start that self-love, self-worth journey. Yeah, I love that. And that's so true. I think, yeah, people, it's kind of like that diet one day mentality that I've kind of developed this theory that most women in larger bodies specifically, because that's the demographic I'm most familiar with, have this one day phenomenon of one day I'll be able to do this or one day I'll be able to do this. Um, and what you just said plays into that because it's like, you can start right now. However, wherever you are, just take a first step and, and go from there. You don't have to be in a certain place or have a certain mindset to do this. This isn't a diet. This isn't, I'm starting on Monday. Um, this is this is right now, what can you do to start loving yourself? And I personally believe that that starts with respect. You don't have to like yourself. You don't have to love yourself even, but you should always respect yourself. And. That is another one of the core principles that I work with because above all, you are a person and people deserve respect. So that's normal. What, does that, what does that look like? Like what things would you encourage someone to do or like a mindset or ways that they talk to themselves that mm -hmm. shows that they respect themselves? Mm -hmm. Or how do you know if you don't respect yourself? I guess both ends of it. Yeah, so I, I normally will start out by asking well getting a feel about what they are but I, I also ask them how they talk to their friends and if they would ever talk to their friends the same way that they talk to themselves so just even changing that internal language to not be as harsh is a sign of respect 
um, showing gratitude and thankfulness for your body is a sign of respect. Even if you don't like the parts, they still are functioning and doing some things that you need them to do. When chronic illness comes in, it makes that a little bit more tricky because then there's some body betrayal going on. Um, so we're going to side table that for now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, I think just um, taking care of, of your body is a sign of respect in terms of self-care. Um, and mostly, I would say mostly it's the gratitude. It's just being thankful that you have a body that, you know, functions as well as it can and does what it's supposed to do. I think someone who doesn't respect themselves is trying to change their body drastically um, or morph it somehow, constantly talking badly about it or making jokes at their own expense of, of their body. Um, yeah, I don't know what else is disrespectful. I have to think about that one. But just not showing yourself treating yourself like you're worse than the average person or worse than your friends, which is a good gauge is would a friend ever say that to you? No. Why are you saying it to yourself? Don't do that. <laughs> it's always the most light bulb moment, right? But no matter what, when you ask that question, people are like, Oh yeah, I don't know. You're right. <laughs> Something just clicks. I think people don't even realize how mean their inner bully is sometimes because when you're not aware of your own thoughts, they're just flying and you have no control over it and it can do a lot of damage. This goes to two things that I speak very often. Your body, your brain believes everything you tell it, mm -hmm. regardless of tone, humor, whatever. And what was the second thing? Your body believes everything you tell it. And oh, the majority, like the percentage of what we do every day is entirely unconscious. Like, like what, like 90, something like that, 90%, mm -hmm. even more maybe. And you're usually, it's like these autopilot shortcuts our computer brain has created because we don't have time to break down all the steps. So if it seems your brain's like, it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, must be in the duck drawer. And oftentimes it's like a fire, not a duck, but our brain has decided that it goes in the duck drawer, right? So we have to realize that the, the consciousness, the awareness, the insight, like the purposefulness and intentionality to slow down and say, wait a minute, what's actually happening in there? Does yeah. that make sense? That's hard to do. It's hard to take yourself off of autopilot and really check in and see what's going on in there. It's extremely difficult. One of my favorite quotes is, don't believe everything you think. Um, and I think that that speaks very true to this and, and inner bullying thoughts is that sometimes thoughts have there's there I think there's this this belief that all thoughts come from somewhere and have to be of some sort of meaning but the truth is our brains are just constantly firing just constantly and sometimes what goes through there is nonsensical until you break it down and make sense or stop that thought and say no we're not doing that so you're making your own correction in that misfire of your brain so Again, intention, like just awareness, consciousness, mindfulness of what is going on in your own head. And then also taking that one step further. And how does what's going on in your own head connect to your body? Because we know the brain-body connection is very strong. So being more aware of, of what your body is feeling. And then we come into the realm of why I preach and swear by intuitive eating and that, that exact 
connection right there. I could yeah, talk and about then, all day. Yeah, and then the um, societal impact too of when, oh, I just had a total brain fog moment. Where was it? It was a societal impact about, um, this is what happens when you're five months out from having That's a okay. baby. It's just Listen, entirely just, gone. Uh, so. <laughs> it's societal, mm, it's gone. Oh, here it is. Society expects us to go produce, achieve, go produce, achieve, go produce, achieve. Yes. And so our brains are like, go produce, achieve. So like it's that's a big barrier too with the clients is getting them to understand society's values, which really like is probably just the media that, that creates that awareness for us. But anyways, American society's values are those my values? Is that what I value? And if not, I need to slow down and reevaluate that. But that is a hard process to do let alone the, the actual habits that have to go into place in place of the old ones. Yeah. And I, again, going into that inner bully of if you're not being productive, if you're having a day off, I know um, I was just, I think maybe it was Dr. Patrice Berry who was recently talking about this, but if you decide to take a day off and then you're laying around watching TV and in your head, you're beating yourself up over how lazy you are or that you're just like a piece of shit. Like, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but there it goes. Um, just laying around, not doing anything. That is not rest. You are not giving yourself a total brain body rest. And I think that that point is so important in, in this inner bullying dialogue because it is so societal of this go, 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 go produce give me something you're not worth anything if you didn't do something productive today and it is so damaging um one of the examples i always give is i like look at europe especially like people i'm like did you watch emily in paris where she's like this girl and they're like girl it's the weekend why are you working and i think that it's it draws an important parallel to look like this is a very 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 american thing other countries have caught on and they're like, we have four day weekdays. We don't work on weekends. We have boundaries. But here we're taught that if we do that, we are lazy. Um, we're not pursuing the American dream. But like, bitch, I'm tired. I don't want to. And miserable. Yeah. Miserable. Every single yeah. day waking up miserable. Panic attacks, stomach pains, right? Yeah. Not wanting to go to work. Absolutely. You're, hello, the mind-body connection. Like, this isn't a coincidence, people. Right. Listen. This isn't a coincidence. Listen to your body. It's saying, I don't want to do this anymore. And yeah, it's so listen. challenging then to fight that narrative too, right? Because there's this, like, fear instilled in us. If you don't do it, right, then you're looked at a different way or you're going to lose your job. Or I can't say that. I can't let HR know that it's because of my mental health because – my brain's not an organ or anything, right? And and then uh, as far as the productive thing, rest is productive. Yeah. We have to value that and understand that rest is, is a necessary biological component to our survival. Yeah, absolutely. And people look at us when we say stuff like that, like we're hippies. And it's like, bruh, <laughs> it's science. The science is there, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I... I I hate this society. <laughs> so like, I just, 
it's frustrating to see it happening and to understand what's going on and why it's happening and still not be able to make a larger change. I can help my clients and help people like talking about it like this, but it's really hard not to just like shake these politicians and be like, what are you doing? Um, yeah, it's just, and it's frustrating. And then how do we deal with that frustration? It just goes on and on. I always say one of these days I'm going to get together with all my friends and buy a big private island and we're just going to self-sustain. I would go. Let's go. But in a more realistic light so that we're not so um, negative about it because it is it is frustrating. I just said I recorded a podcast on um, another podcast earlier. With, I was a guest for somebody. Um, things you learn in therapy. And we were talking about this kind of similar thing. And I, I just wanted to let people know that when you're ready to fight those societal norms, when you're ready to do what feels true to you and in your gut and in your body, your people are out there. Whether that's professionals or a peer community, we're out there. It's not just me and Dr. Caitlin. Like, <laughs> it's not just us. There, there's droves of us that have also caught on that are trying to become more like Europe. I'm about to just move there. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no. Um, yes, there absolutely are. And it took me a long time to realize that and to find my people. Uh, so that's the other part of, of self-love, actually, is finding a group of people who support that journey and support what you're working against and what you're unlearning. And having a group that's already done some of that work or is on that same journey is going to help so much in un just unlearning all of this stuff and working on, on yourself. But yeah, you, your people are everything. And sometimes it takes a while to find your people. I was 26 years old before I found like a group of friends that I actually can be myself completely around, like completely be myself. Uh, so I also want to say, like, give it time because it will, it'll happen. They're out and there, there are natural, like, developmental stages that have to happen, too, like, mm -hmm. for you to arrive there. And I'm not, I'm not saying that, like, there's an end point, but for you to, like, be in the headspace, yeah. body space, all of that. Something that I thought of just now as we were, you were like, I don't know what else is disrespectful, but the whole like disregarding the mind body connection, right? Mm -hmm. Disregarding how you feel in your body when you're miserable all day because of these societal expectations, not tuning into that is, I would say, a sign of, you know, not being respectful of your body. And yeah. awareness is one thing, right? Like you don't know what you don't know. But once you've been given the information and you're choosing to ignore those signals, then I would say that's absolutely not a sign of respect. Yeah, it's kind of neglect in a way where you're just choosing like, but I think some people also, are, they're just not aware that of how connected they those truly are. And it's like, oh, I have a stomachache, I can't go to work today. And it's, okay, well, you also have a big project at work that's due today that you've been dreading for weeks and weeks and weeks. Like, what are the pieces together here? So, um, but yeah, that's a great example of disrespecting. It's, it's your body, you get one body, that's it one body you're given I don't I mean unless you believe in other things but we're not going down that rabbit hole today um you get one body and in I, this life on this earth in this in life, life. Yes. listening all of those things um 
it's important and I think it's important to treat your body with respect while you're it's here and while you're here and um I always say like my body does so many things for me even with chronic I have lupus and PCOS and hydrogen I have like a whole laundry list of things but I still have reasons to be thankful for my body even when it's not working correctly so gratitude we're very much more complicated than a vehicle but you know I'm sure you've done the analogy of like if you don't put gas in the car or you put kerosene or water in in the car instead of gas like what happens and at the end of the day it doesn't matter how many times you have to like put radiator fluid in or gas in or when she like or change the tires or whatever it is you are thankful you have a vehicle to get you where you need to go even though it takes a little extra care yeah extra self-love in that analogy yes um I also wanted to bring up this idea of self-care and the fact that that can look so different for so many people, but there's this narrative that's kind of being pushed that it's like doing face masks and like that kind of like for some people that's absolutely not helpful. And that's not something that, that is beneficial or, or um, productive for showing themselves that love. So I just wanted to touch on the fact as well, self-love can look so many different ways um, and you had to find what works best for you in terms of self-care. What makes you feel rejuvenated? What um, actually gives your mind and body rest? So things like that, like if facials are getting your nails done or I don't even know what people, I just see everyone that's like hashtag self-care day and they're like at the spa and I'm like, cool, you're also rich because I can't afford to go to the spa. <laughs> like, um, so I think that's also one of the reasons that people don't practice more self-care is they think that it has to be this big, elaborate, expensive thing, but it can be very small things that you do throughout the day or throughout the week. Or they don't know what self-care is because that's all that's advertised to us that self-care is. It's ironic. I actually do a training and I'm doing it again next month, uh, self-care beyond the bubble bath. Oh, nice. (laughs) So like for me with my chronic pain, sometimes being in a bath, is exhausting and I can't even get the energy to get out of the bath, let alone stand up and try to shower myself off after a bath. Like, right. So, but there are times where that might be helpful to me. Um, But I think just the lack of awareness of even being able to say like, what does my body need right now? Setting a healthy boundary with someone is self care, right? Um, It's not just the physical things. It's all of our senses. It's all of our being, it's all the systems we're engaged with. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Saying no, I think, is my favorite form of self-care. Um, it's often the most difficult one in the moment, but later on, I never regret it. So, um, yeah, that was a really good point. But, yeah, it can it can be anything and everything, but you have to work on knowing yourself and what works best for you and, and your system as a whole. You just use a DID term that the body is a system. We're all walking systems. Yes. Um, it is Valentine's day tomorrow. Sure is. Hallmark holiday. <laughs> Yet a lot of people celebrate or bought into it, have feel some type of way about it. Um, what do you have to say about Valentine's day or self-love around Valentine's day or people that might struggle with that holiday for sure as someone who's also 
going through a divorce, I'm kind of like, Valentine's Day seems like the perfect day to love myself. And I know that it's very commercialized and I don't buy into all of that kind of stuff. If you do, that's great. If that makes you feel warm and bubbly inside, great. Um, But I think it's very commercialized and I don't need a particular day to show myself self-love. However, because it's in the air, it's kind of like, eh, why not? I'll have a, tomorrow I'm actually off of work. So I've implemented like some things that I'm going to do that are just like, I'm my own Valentine and that's okay. I think it gives a good opportunity. If you don't have a Valentine this year, be your own and do some self-care, do some self-love stuff. Um, but yeah, Valentine's Day is bullshit, but that's okay. <laughs> but I love that you're like, wait, can I take this as an opportunity? Like, what's what's the fight? Like, how do you fight? Like, I don't want to love myself. Like, I mean, I get it if you're like in a self-hate mindset, but like, what, what's the worst that could happen if you choose to do something loving toward yourself? And that could literally just be like snuggling up with your favorite cozy robe with yeah. a cup of coffee on the couch and cuddling your fur baby or something like Absolutely. yeah it doesn't have to be something you don't have to go like make some chocolate covered strawberries homemade or something you're not trying to like seduce yourself but if, <laughs> if you want to do that by all means <laughs> if that's self-love for you that's totally acceptable break okay. out the bob um <laughs> i don't know if you know what that means but we're just gonna leave move that. right along <laughs> battery operated boyfriend there we uh, go <laughs> and seduce yourself on valentine's day i mean i'm all for that in sexual health so do mm-hmm. you uh, but yeah yeah i think it's it's awesome um i'm i don't know what i'm fully planning on doing yet tomorrow but i know it's gonna involve like reading and being with my dog and probably watching a lot of junk tv because that's something that brings me immense amounts of joy um so yeah just something like that you it doesn't have to be this big to do it can just be you know what i'm gonna make myself a salad that was a bad example because it's whatever anything whatever feed yourself yeah whatever that might look like drink water self-care I think part of respecting your body too is that if if that's what sounds good today and then you wake up in the morning and that doesn't sound good at all and something else in your body feels totally better. Yeah. Honor that. Right. That's an interesting point about like flexibility in care and something that some people have a very hard time with, especially neurodivergent people, I think have a harder time with maintaining flexibility and schedule and thing like things like that. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I wake up every day. I say, well, once I finally wake up, we'll say that. <laughs> once I'm finally awake, I'll say, okay, how am I feeling today? I have this, 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 this on my list. Am I capable of doing all those things? No? Okay. What What's my priority? What's, what's the list of things that I can accomplish today and feel good about? Can I do any of those things? No. So a lot of it is, I love that like habit of waking up and checking in with yourself to see how capable you think that you're going to be that day or if you need rest or whatever. So if you even implementing that practice in the morning is a form of self-care and self-love. So many good points and we can chat forever, but 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> but this have to have you come back another time. <laughs> um, tell us where our. Oh, I'm sorry. Before I ask that, um, where, what do you do, and what things um, might you be able to offer our audience as far as your services? Oh, um, sure. So I am that fat doctor on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. I don't know. I'm everywhere. Um, I currently offer uh, self-esteem coaching and like self-love coaching um, on the side from, I also have a therapy practice, but that's very specific to like a location. So I don't offer that to the general public, but I do have a side um, coaching that I do. I also have a podcast, although we haven't filmed in quite a while, so it's not important. Um, I, uh, yeah, I have some really fun projects coming up. Uh, here that I can't share too much about. I mean, I might tell you after the call if someone else hasn't told you already. Um, but yeah, so I, I offered those services and just general my pages about loving yourself, giving tips about how to undo diet culture. Um, a lot of just me dancing in crop tops. So if that interests you, um, it's pretty alluring, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you and Will in your crop top. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, so yeah, my two business partners, uh, Tay, who does um, stuff with autism and intuitive eating. She's our intuitive eating specialist, um, and she is her MED in psychology, or psychology, autism and education and all that good stuff. Then we have Will, who also does body positivity for men, so his perspective is a lot more um, different than mine and very interesting because my specialty is definitely women so um my little business pretty all-encompassing we can do anything and everything so just a little self-plug there where can they find you do you have a website yeah uh, mentalwealthcoaching.org all right we will add that into the show notes for sure so people can see that um and it's that's for anyone in the country or i, I don't know do anyone you, yeah do, we're not do you need the whole the whole world anyone okay not to put you on the spot but we usually ask everyone at the end if there is one thing that you would leave our audience with today whether that's a mantra or like sometimes people have a free resource they want to offer or just like closing words for to leave everyone with and as we go into the valentine's holiday and about self-love body positivity that's hard. Uh, hold on, let me think. <laughs> um, I always like I. Okay, so every day is a good day to love yourself, and that's something that I preach to everybody. So make at least some time in every day to show yourself some sort of love, respect, wherever you are at in that journey. But. Um, to start just one small thing a day really adds up. So if you're wondering about where to start, wondering how to get that process going, just one thing as simple as stopping a negative thought. That's all it takes. It really, yeah, and then you can stack those habits once your brain's gotten into a new groove. Yes, I love that. One thing a day. It's that that's it's kind of aligns with like self-help like one day at a time type mine mine ends up being one moment at a time or one hour at a time 
for one nap at a time, right? Like Whatever makes sometimes, yeah. Yeah, a whole day can feel daunting even, even. So just breaking it down into those small things that I love that. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Caitlin Baker, for being here today. I appreciate your time. Um, we welcome you back anytime to join us. So fun. Thanks for having me, and thank all of you for listening. And um, if you are not already, like we said before, make sure you subscribe. Um, hit the notification button so you get notifications of the next episodes. Next week, we have uh, Markera Larking. Oh, I'm sorry, Makara Larking, and she's going to talk about women in transitional spaces. So all times of transitional or transition of women's lives. So kind of curtailing off of this with women. That sounds super interesting. Yeah. So make sure you tune in then and take care and have a great week.